Coming up on the Keto Camp Podcast, we welcome health coach Evan Transu. A lot of the people that I talk to, and I'm sure you do, they talk about these problems with digestion. I'm like, guys, really? Meat should be some of the easiest foods to digest. Correct. I heard uh, Dr. Darren Schmidt, wonderful guy that owns the Nutritional Healing Center of Ann Arbor, Michigan. And he talks about, guys, plants have these chemicals or oxalates or or anti-nutrients to try to protect themselves. Meat's protection was running. It was the horns, it was whatever. So the only thing stopping you from digesting that properly now is being in a calm state while you're eating and some hydrochloric acid. I'm a certified functional health practitioner who's on a mission to educate 1 billion people. I've been obese for most of my life. From rock bottom to the top of the mountain, I am passionate about studying ancient healing strategies like fasting and the ketogenic diet and curating this information on the Keto Camp podcast. My goal is to bring you the thought leaders in this space. My name is Ben Azadi, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here, host of the Keto Camp Podcast, best-selling author of Keto Flex. I am grateful to bring on the show for the first time, Evan Transu, who is a great health coach who has an amazing, inspiring story. This conversation gets into mental health, how nutrient changes that you can make right now could positively impact mental health. We talk about the role of exercise and movement with mental health, why assimilating nutrients in the gut is important, how to test for that, how to do it the right way. What about gut issues and symptoms of food sensitivities? We pay attention to that in this episode. How does being in ketosis also impact mental health and well-being? We get into that. Applying practical influences, mindset, food, light. We get into some simple things you can start doing today to yield a positive outcome. I asked Evan the question, can you reverse autoimmune disease, you're gonna love his answer, and so much more. Before I bring Evan on the show so he could share his awesome story and some amazing tips for you, I wanna encourage you to leave the Keto Camp Podcast a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts. It really does help the show grow. So press pause real quick, scroll down on your phone, go to the ratings and review section and leave it today. I also want to give you a heads up that my new book, Keto Flex, is out there on the shelf. If you haven't purchased it yet, you can do so today. 311 pages of Keto Gold, forward written by Dr. Daniel Pompa, endorsed by Dr. Jason Fung, Megan Ramos, Dr. Benjamin Bigman, Dr. Mindy Peltz, and several other incredible people in the keto and fasting space. You can get the book today by heading to ketoflexbook.com to get either the Kindle or the paperback that is ketoflexbook.com. I always say structure trumps intention. You could have all the best intentions in the world, but if you don't have the structure in place, it's gonna be very difficult to get the amazing keto and fasting results that you want. If you are on the go traveling and you don't wanna think about what can you eat to help you feel satisfied and to help you continue getting results on your keto journey. For me, my structure when I'm on the go, when I'm traveling, and when I wanna have something nearby that's a healthy snack, my go-to is Paleo Valley's Beef Sticks. Paleo Valley Beef Sticks are the perfect gut-friendly, clean protein snack 
for on the go. And if you have children, this is one of the best things to give your kids. These beef sticks are 100% grass fed and finished by farmers right here in the United States. They contain naturally occurring probiotics, which helps increase the diversity in your gut. It contains organic spices. It has high concentrations of omega-3 fatty acids, elevated levels of conjugated linoleic acid, which we know is an antioxidant and also could enhance your body's ability to burn fat. It contains vitamins and minerals, elevated concentrations of glutathione, which is your body's master antioxidant, and it's good for the environment. They have flavors that range from original to garlic summer sausage, regular summer sausage, jalapeno, teriyaki, and they also have turkey sticks available as well. They taste so good that I usually go through three or four, and I think I might set the record for eating almost 10 Paleo Valley beef sticks. Maybe somebody out there has eaten more than me in one sitting. You know, me and my fiance, Natasia, we're always fighting over these beef sticks in our house. We go into the pantry and I hear her unwrapping it and I'm like, hey, are you eating one of my beef sticks? <laughs> they are delicious. And since you are a avid listener of the Keto Camp podcast, we worked out an exclusive deal for you to get 15% off your entire order of Paleo Valley products. All you need to do is head to paleovalley.com Use Ben15, Ben15 at checkout to get 15% off. That is paleovalley.com, Ben15 at checkout. All right, let's get into this conversation with Evan Transu. Evan Transu is a certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner, just like myself. And he's also a certified with the Institute of Integrative Nutrition. He's an awesome health coach. He has an amazing story to share with you when he was growing up and some of the challenges he faced. And he's done some great things with Reed Davis and Functional Diagnostic Nutrition and his radio show and his podcast. He's all out there educating the world and doing it the right way. So it's my honor to bring on Evan Transu. Evan Transu, welcome to the Keto Camp Podcast. How you doing, sir? It's good to talk to you again. Yeah, it's good to be on this side of the table where I'm interviewing you, as you've interviewed me now a couple of times on the uh, Health Coach podcast with FDN and also on your awesome radio show. So I'm honored for you to come on my show and uh, get into some really cool things. We're going to talk about, of course, some lab work we can't have a conversation about uh, and, and not talk about that. We're going to get into mental health challenges and how to overcome that. So important in this day and age. But before we get into all the stuff on my list here, let's talk about your story. How did you get involved as a health coach? How did you even become a health coach? What is your story? Sure. And I mean, obviously, I'll give the summary and then the parts that we feel the need to dive into, we can. I started dealing with health issues at about five years old. Um, I was experiencing panic attacks. Now, it's always really important for me to list, especially for people who have been through the mental health side of things, there wasn't any trauma going on in my life. Like, in fact, quite the opposite. I would say I had a pretty lucky and privileged life. And it didn't really add up why this was going on. So my parents took me to a doctor. And I'm not against this, this is a well meaning guy, but this was even 20 years ago. And I think just even now, there's so much more awareness. And statistically, a five year old male without a history of trauma, not really likely to have panic attacks. And he even said, oh, this isn't something to worry about. Ev just gets himself a little too worked up. He's going to outgrow this. Don't worry. Well, the problem is I didn't outgrow it. And 10 years goes by, and those things have gone from, hey, maybe just happening a couple times here and there, to now it's a daily battle. And it's not just panic attacks anymore. It is generalized anxiety disorder. 
it's major depressive disorder and it's substance use disorder. And a couple of those things wouldn't even be diagnosed for another three years because what that experience did for me, unfortunately, especially at such a young age, um, it was kind of like invalidating. Like, oh, I'm having this thing where I think I'm going to die. For those that have never had a panic attack, that's literally one of the symptoms is a fear of impending doom or like you're going to die. Um, it really does feel like that. And I'm feeling this and being told, oh, you just get yourself a little too worked up. Well, so I felt like I couldn't share this with other people or talk about what was going on in my life. And unfortunately, that choosing to hide that stuff uh, led to some really serious consequences. I ended up abusing drugs almost every single day for about two years in high school. And it would lead to a situation where I actually was trying to turn my life around because I realized how bad it had gotten. And I tried to stop using drugs. And I didn't even make it two days before I kind of just snapped. And I got into an altercation, which ended up leading me to a juvenile detention facility. I'm spending my 18th birthday on house arrest and getting kicked out of my high school. Several months after that, it's not important for this kind of interview, but I had like an aha moment, a wake up moment where I just so clearly could see for the first time in a while, this plan sucks, man. Like your plan is going to end up with you dead or in jail. Maybe we should switch something. And it is so cool because I know you're so big into the self-help and personal development books, Ben. And I made this like powerful decision in my mind, not knowing anything about this stuff that I'm going to change. I have no idea how, but this can't go on. This isn't going to work. And lo and behold, sure enough, about three, four months after that decision and taking right actions in my life, I somehow get invited to this sales company or meeting with these wonderful young adults who were all a few years older than me. And they basically acted as my mentors. They got me reading the books and like the stuff that I still read to this day, thinking, grow rich, how to win friends and influence people, the compound effect by Darren Hardy. I mean, it was just what we did. And we're talking about our goals and what we want out of life and how we can help and serve other people, as opposed to what was on TV yesterday or gossiping about someone behind their back. I swear to God, these are still two of my best friends to this day, Ben Torres and Lauren Onisi. They stopped mid-conversation one time to explain to someone there that we don't talk negatively about people behind their back. And I was like, where am I? <laughs> you know, and they didn't do it in a judgmental way. That was even more amazing. They just said, Hey, that's not something we do. Um, if I'm not going to say it to their face, I don't say that to their back or behind their back. I'm like, okay, this is a different group of people, different breed. And then how this ties into the health coaching is I'm still suffering with mental health issues. I just have a really good environment now, right? So I'm going headstrong, but yeah, I still deal with anxiety and I still deal with depression. And the sales company we were in promoted these like super healthy, natural energy drinks. Fully admit, it was like a network marketing type of thing. I know some people love them, some people hate them. Saved my life. And I'm drinking these things and I'm actually starting to feel better. But again, I'm in such a good environment. I'm not thinking about the fact that it could be these products. And so the company shuts down, as many of these do. And my friends and I are still really close, but I don't feel as good anymore. I wasn't consuming the products anymore. And it just like kind of hit me where I'm like, is it possible that the nutrition from that is being linked to my mental health? And so I start studying this stuff. I'm just going on Google and I'm reading all these things about nutraceuticals in the treatment of mental health. And I'm like, oh my goodness, like this has got to be something. And basically what happened there is I started becoming a human experiment. This was a little over seven years ago. I'm doing all these tests on myself, um, not like literal lab tests at the time, just actual tests. Like what happens if I eat this? What happens if I take away this? And that led uh, to me ending up getting certifications with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition. Good program, uh, but the real one that I love and shout out to this day, I work for these guys, is Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. Uh, they saved my life. So that's kind of how I got into the health coaching side of things. 
Yeah, it's an amazing story. And, and I loved how powerful the environment was for you, as it is for everybody. You know, when you were in high school doing drugs, getting kicked out of school, how was your environment then? You know, it's a shame because a couple of the people that were my friends then, well, this isn't a shame, but they've gone through their own transformations and we're still best friends to this day and it's wonderful. But, you know, everyone there was a good person, um, but the environment was terrible and we kind of fed into that and made it worse. You know, we all started out as good friends, again, good people. And then, you know, one person brings drugs to the group. Another one's, hey, like, let's go do this stupid thing. Oh, well, what does it matter if we drive around? Oh, maybe we can sell weed to just support our drug habits, you know, and really it just spirals out of control. So the people at their core were good. The environment was terrible. Yeah, I could relate to that for sure. When I was in high school, very, very similar environment. So you had mentioned you had this aha, um, several aha moments looking at what nutrients, what food could do to impact your health and what the lack of nutrients can do to actually make your health go in decline, especially your mental health. So what are some of the things that when you look at you know, 2021, a lot of people are dealing with mental health challenges. Part of it, of course, is because we're eating food that lacks nutrients, that the soils are depleted, it's processed, it's a standard American diet. But then part of it is also a lot of fear out there, a lot of stress, a lot of uncertainty. So let's unpack the first part. Let's unpack the nutrients. What are some things that maybe somebody listening here to the show can do immediately to start helping with their nutrition to help their mental health and then also with their family? Because that's also a big thing. So what are some nutrient changes, if you will, that we can make right now to really help impact the mental health? Sure. And so I'd like to actually start, even though I was taking this multivitamin, realistically, it was the big things, the macronutrients that helped me the most. And I learned that a lot of our neurotransmitters, Ben, as you know, are created from protein and like amino acids, you know, and I lived on a high carb, high sugar diet. I'm, I've always been a leaner dude. I'm like real skinny, even still to this day. I've got a little tone now, thank God. But oh, my goodness, back then, I was like six foot 150 pounds. And I just ate like probably three to 400 grams of carbs a day, sugar was my main thing. And that actually causes its own, you know, problems there. But I never realized that, wow, just because I don't get fat doesn't mean that I can just eat whatever I want. And so I always start people off with like high quality protein. And I'm not trying to oversimplify this stuff. But the fundamentals matter, they matter a lot. Yeah. And if you're sitting around as a six foot male, and you're eating, you know, maybe 30 grams of protein a day, and a ton of sugar, that's not going to work for good mental health, most likely. So I started upping that I was actually supplementing even with powders at the time. And I found that that helped a ton. In regards to the vitamins, what's tricky about this is there are so many studies showing like, oh, vitamin D can do this or B vitamins can do this, especially if you're someone with like methylation issues. So if you can do some type of test to figure out what might be most beneficial to you, that's fantastic. Otherwise, like getting some type of high quality multivitamin, at least in the beginning, will kind of cover your bases. And you might see that you feel a lot better with that. I mean, that's what worked for me. If I had to just break it down to a few most common ones, I would say B vitamins are huge issues for people. For those that don't know, a lot of us have like kind of subclinical methylation issues. And these B vitamins are essential for these methylation processes. So methylation, all that is in simple terms is like, this is something that we need for literally everything, almost everything in our body for building up these proteins. It's super correlated with mental health problems. If it's bad, um, it's super correlated with even chronic health issues like physical ones, if it's bad. And so you can take like these methylated versions of B vitamins, the methylation parts kind of already taken care of for you. So even if you have an issue there, I'm 
Um, you can do that. Now, Ben knows, as a side note, I'm a big believer um, in genes load the gun, environment pulls the trigger. I just finally ran genetic results and found my methylation is trash, but I still mm. felt great before I ever ran that test because the fundamentals do work, you know? So let's start. Yeah, B vitamins, uh, vitamin D is huge. I like to get it from the sun. I don't really prefer it in supplement if I don't have to. And then certainly like a macronutrient is the protein for sure. Yeah, I love that that advice because when you're eating more protein, you're going to be more full and satiated, and then that's going to lead you to eating less of the processed carbohydrates and sugar. So that in itself could be useful. And then getting like a nice quality multivitamin with uh, maybe folate instead of folic acid and the methylated B vitamins. So that's a great, great thing right there. It's interesting that you said you were feeling better and you weren't even really fine-tuning this because you didn't do the, the DNA test yet and then you found out and then you actually can make some changes, which is a great point. You don't have to get all these fancy testing right now. Eventually, it's a good idea to do some testing, but right now you just start with those basics. So that was a great share, Evan. Hey, I want to let you know about an amazing company who offers really impressive foods from nature. I'm referring to wildfoods.co. If you're looking for a one-stop shop for your keto supplements, keto coffee, keto nuts and seeds, and amazing collagen protein powders, you're going to want to check out wildfoods.co. Wild Foods specializes in real foods from small producers around the world. They're passionate about their ingredients and they have a powerful story. All of their products do not contain artificial sweeteners, no gluten, no soy, no refined sugars, no preservatives, and no fillers. They adhere to ridiculously high standards like myself, which is why I endorsed. So if you're looking for some keto protein powders, golden milk lattes for some restful nights of sleep, multivitamins for men and women, cacao powders, elderberry capsules for the immune system, wild Himalayan pink salt for your electrolyte balance, and much more, I want you to check out my friends over at wildfoods.co. As a listener of the Keto Camp Podcast, you will receive... 20% off your order by using the coupon code KETOCAMP at checkout. No space in between. KETOCAMP, camp with a K at checkout. Get 20% off your order. Head to wildfoods.co, use KETOCAMP at checkout, and enjoy their awesome products. So let's talk about the role exercise and movement might play with mental health and just the way somebody feels throughout the day. How important is that? Yeah, one of the things that started to occur, you know, especially using more drugs and stuff in high school is, I, I mean, I was never like fantastic at sports, but I played, you know, I did lacrosse, baseball, basketball, flag rugby, like there was always something going on. And I kind of lost the interest in doing those things. Now, I'm sure depression contributed to that. But I always say like depression and stuff these things are almost self-fulfilling prophecies. They get us to do things that worsen the depression, right? How do you think you're going to feel if you stop exercising and lay in bed all day? Probably not great. Well, depression encourages in most people those exact things. And so when I got out of high school, um, and I'm doing my own thing, I'm like kind of the freedom was actually good because I was being responsible for once. And I started like hiking a lot. And so I'm not only big on just the exercise in general. I mean, certainly, if the only thing that you're willing to do is go lift weights in the gym or run on a treadmill, fantastic, let's do it. But if I can get someone to do some type of exercise and be outside at the same time, there are studies on this, but you don't really need them. And I'm a science-based guy. Most people can go and feel that pretty quickly. And I think, I mean, you know what I mean, right? Like totally. you go into, yeah, you go into the mountains and you're hiking around, like 
do I need a study to know that this makes me feel better or that this is what it means to be human? I don't think so. So my advice with exercise, just like it is with the nutrients, I mean, of course, I get into super complicated stuff sometimes, but don't underestimate the fundamentals, guys. Most people are not eating well. And they're not even doing something as basic as getting outside and going for a walk consistently. This isn't do this stuff for a week. It's do it for like several months and see what happens, right? You got to build back up what we've lost in our standard American lifestyle. So really, that's what I would say. Any exercise that works for you is the best. Um, Make sure not to go too far. There's a lot of people I see all the time, especially in women. It's really something unfortunate. They become, if they're dealing with mental health issues, sometimes obsessive, and they yeah. take that exercise to the extreme. They're stressing out their body even more. So I always say, you know, we should be stopping at a time where we feel like we put some effort in, but we also feel good. If you need feel like you need to go home and like, I'm not going to die. I got to go on the couch. Uh, that's probably pushed a little too far. Yeah, that's a great tip. I share something similar. When somebody asks, you know, is a 30-minute high-intensity workout good? I'll ask them, how do you feel afterwards? Do you feel energized and pumped up for the day, or do you feel destroyed? If it's the latter and you actually feel more drained, you did too much. It's too much of a hormetic stress, and you got to just work some, some other things and go low and slow. You can either do a hard workout or you could do a long workout. I don't recommend doing both. And it's really just a consistency to Evan's point. And you have a whole book about about this. It's called Overcoming Mental Health Challenges, right, Evan? Yeah, and then the subtitle is How I Resolved 13 Years of Mental Health Issues Naturally. And where can they find that? Um, it's on Amazon. And just, I, I like to be transparent because, you know, especially when we start getting more technical with stuff, I think people sometimes are like expecting, oh, we must be getting so deep into the science. This book was written as an introductory type of thing. Part one is just actually my story. There's really nothing about the you know, natural health side of things at all. And then part two transitions into that and then touches on the basic does address the science behind the basics. But like, if you're someone that's deep into this space already, and I'm sure many people that listen are, I'm not gonna lie, I actually I don't think that's the best book for you. If you're someone that's got a teenager or young adult, and you're trying to transition them into the natural side of things in a way that's not forceful, probably a fantastic book. Awesome. I appreciate that uh, transparency there. You know, let's talk about another thing. Because let's say somebody does they stop eating so much sugar, so many processed foods, they start eating more whole foods, but then there's this, another problem that might happen. If they have leaky gut, they're going to be they're going to have a hard time assimilating those nutrients or and or if they have cellular membrane inflammation, it'll be tough to get the nutrients into the cells. So what are some things we can do to work on the gut so we could start assimilating these nutrients that we're now eating and supplementing with? Yeah, and now we're getting into the more of the fun stuff, right? Because it's like, yeah, we could stick to the basics of just, hey, get some protein and nutrients, but uh, you just hit the nail on the head. Because when I finally ran my first real functional lab ever, which was like this stool test from a naturopathic doctor, she couldn't find much in terms of the pathogens. It was a stool culture, which you and I know has limitations, but it was the best technology at the time. She also found that she's like, you have like terrible malabsorption issues. Like the reference ranges, it was just for them undetectable. Like we, we don't actually know what your malabsorption is because it's so awful. Wow. And it explains why it took four of these healthy energy drinks, which really had very limited caffeine. It was mostly the nutrients. Four of those a day while we're all selling this stuff to actually feel some type of difference. I wasn't processing this stuff well. And so I think one of the best ways to kind of address the gut stuff, if you have testing available, awesome. Okay, then you can kind of more add stuff in. But if you don't have the testing, 
I don't know that you'll want to be just playing around with random probiotics or even supplements that can be kind of dangerous depending on the person. Not as dangerous is the wrong word, but it can be uncomfortable. It can provoke outcomes that you did not want and you did not desire. So sometimes just removing some stuff is a good way to start because most people don't know um, the epithelial cell layer of the gut. These are some of are home to some of the fastest regenerating cells in the body. So the gut wants to heal, but the inflammation's got to be down. And I hate to sound like you know a broken record with this because you probably heard it before but seriously guys removing gluten is huge again if you don't have the testing i would also probably give like a 60 90 day break to sugar and dairy as well now you don't have to be so restrictive if you want to test some stuff and figure out maybe does that work for you or not like maybe you don't need to remove dairy uh yeah. for me all three of those things needed to go for a good period of time i occasionally have some like you know healthier sugar if you will now like i'm not going to eat processed stuff but dairy and you know Gluten, especially, I haven't had gluten in four, four and a half years, not intentionally, at least. <laughs> when you say dairy, are you, do you mean cow dairy? What about sheep and goat? Are you okay with those? It, yeah, well, okay, that's a good question, right? And I think that depends on the person. I didn't care enough to experiment with that. I think they're worthy things to try. I never gave up ghee, though. And for those that don't know what ghee is, it's clarified butter. Now, I was so sensitive to dairy that if I had butter, I would react. Wow. Now, yeah, and mostly when we're reacting, it's to the proteins. When you look at a stick of butter, you don't see any protein on the macronutrients. It's like very small amounts. But what is ghee? It's clarified butter. They take out even those microscopic amounts. And sure enough, I could literally go eat uh, butter one day and break out all around my chin. Ghee the next, not an issue whatsoever. So I've had ghee for the last several years, no problem. Um, and by sheer coincidence, recently, for the first time in years, I just tried butter again, and I don't have that problem anymore. So that's what happens when we mm -hmm. actually heal and seal the gut, right? We can lose, well, it's not like you're literally losing the sensitivity, but you're losing the thing that's triggering that more or less. Yeah, I love that because it's not really about avoiding it for the rest of your life. It's about avoiding it short term and doing some things to heal the gut, that epithelial lining that you mentioned, and then you could introduce it back in and see how your body responds. That's why I love something like carnivore, right, Evan? Uh, carnivore has been tremendous for me and a lot of my Keto Camp Academy members short term, but the goal is not to just eat nothing but meat for the rest of your life. The goal is to remove anti-nutrients short term, work on the gut, bring them back in and see how your body reacts to it. So I love that. And you don't want to just take a whole bunch of probiotics and all these supplements. You got to really focus on removing. That's Evan's point. Remove first, and then you could start introducing other things into the mix. So what are your favorite specific tests for looking at leaky gut or just assessing the gut microbiome? With leaky gut stuff, I, I do like the organic acids test by uh, Great Plains Lab. It's not necessarily my go-to, but it's a good one, especially with mental health people. I'm kind of relating it there because you'll get neurotransmitter markers by themselves. I'm not someone who would run a neurotransmitter test, especially urinary. If you're going to throw those markers into the other 70 or whatever that are on the oat test, okay, you know, I'll, I'll buy that. Like, I'll, I'll see that. We can at least make some clinical correlation there. Still to this day, if I'm going to utilize some type of stool test, the GI map right now is my gold standard. Um, it uses PCR DNA testing rather than that stool culture thing I talked about that didn't really work for me. So stool culture, what happened is, you know, they're looking for literal things to grow on your stool. Well, 95% of bacteria that we're looking for are anaerobic. So once you kick them out of the body, they, they die. So that's just the best that we had. Whereas this DNA testing actually is looking for these microscopic pieces the thing can be totally dead no problem and we're still going to find it does that mean it's perfect no have i found that to be much more accurate than stool cultures not even a question about three things came up for me that i didn't find on my stool culture test including h pylori including blasto and including candida so those were pretty significant finds for someone dealing with that stuff so i'd say gi map for very specific 
gut, kind of the oat test. The, well, it's the organic acid test. You don't need to say the test part, right? For <laughs> someone specifically with mental health, if they could only run a one kind of stool thing, I think that'd be a great test. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And you mentioned when you have, when you had butter, you would break out in acne, not so much with ghee. You know, some people don't realize they are getting these symptoms because of a food sensitivity and it's because of their gut. So what are some other symptoms to pay attention to? Just even like mental health aside, you just mean like just stuff with gut in general? Yeah, it could be mental health, a part of it. But yeah, like when you eat food that your body has a sensitivity to, what are some of the symptoms and how long can it take for that to actually show up? Absolutely. So one of my like favorite little secret ones that doesn't always happen with, you know, everyone or every food sensitivity necessarily, but you can actually find that there might be subtle changes in your heart rate, you know, 30 minutes to an hour after eating a food you're sensitive to. So if you're someone who has one of those trackers, um, you can kind of figure that stuff out. And then again, that's not a perfect way to do it, but it's also free. So, you know, beggars can't be choosers, right? Other ways that I see kind of signs that maybe someone is sensitive to things it's not always like stomach pain everyone always gets that confused that's more indicative of an intolerance like an inability for you to be able to digest this food that does not necessarily mean you're having an immunological reaction to this and ben just hit on something really interesting when he said well how long you know can this take to even happen that's where it gets tricky because depending on the type of immune response that your body has to that specific food that maybe another person doesn't even react to, it could take up to three days sometimes to see the symptoms of these things. And that's why it gets really confusing um, because there's a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm, I'm not really big on the food sensitivity test. Okay. I understand that in certain ways. If the person's going to be a hardcore client, maybe they don't need that. Most of us like to see objective data. Most of us want to know why we're removing some of our favorite foods. And so that's why, yeah, I'm pretty big on testing for that. I love the one that FDN recommends, the mediator release test by Oxford Biomedical Labs. When you understand the differences in the technology, it makes a lot of sense. Um, And they do have studies backing them up. And then I haven't actually ever had a reason to use it because everyone I work with is typically so compliant. But in theory, I love the wheat zoomer by vibrant wellness because it looks for all these different ways that people could react to gluten. So I'm familiar with it by studying it, but not so much necessarily using it in practice. So look out for things like the heart rate. Skin issues are hugely implicated in a lot of food sensitivities. I got a person in my family that removed gluten and their psoriasis went away in like 30 mm-hmm. days. You know, um, you'll see those things a lot. Changes in your mood. Headaches are huge. Headaches are, I probably should have started with that. I still get that to this day occasionally from like a red pepper or a tomato. Not always, um, but it does happen. So watch out for stuff like that. Yeah, and all those symptoms most people are dealing with. And it has to do with the food you're putting in your mouth and the thoughts that you're thinking as well. It's all hand in hand. So just start low and slow. You know, you don't have to just go cold turkey and just do carnivore tomorrow. That's not what we're saying. What we're saying is I start identifying these healing opportunities like Reed Davis talks about, right? And then start working on removing it and your body begins to heal. That's how amazing the human body is. So those are some great shares right there. I like the gut zoomer test from uh, Vibrant Wellness. I've done theirs, and they do a good one. I haven't done, done the wheat one, though. But uh, it was fascinating, the results. But all the tests you mentioned, I also have done, and I love those tests. I learned a lot about those in FDN when I was getting my certification, so they're all fantastic. I want to take a quick break here to share with you about the dangers of taking fish oil. I know, shocking. I was somebody who took fish oil every single day for years. And then I came across a ton of research showing the dangers of consuming fish oil. I immediately found an amazing product called Pureform. Pureform is a plant-based omega. And the cool thing about Pureform 
is that it is uniquely processed with nitrogen to preserve it and make sure it does not oxidize. These essential fatty acids are cold pressed and you get the proper balance of omega-6 and omega-3 to feed your cells what it desires. We know that life begins and ends at the cell membrane. And when you have the proper fats, the building blocks for those cell membranes, all of a sudden your fat burning hormones can do its job. So you lose weight. All of a sudden your cells produce energy. So you feel good. So we know that cellular health is key for performance and longevity. So I've been taking Pureform every single day. My dog takes it every single day. So does my girlfriend and my mom. This is how much I love the product. If you want to get your bottle delivered to your door, head over to purelifescience.com. Check them out. Order a bottle or two, and you'll be amazed by how you feel after taking this just after a few days. That is purelifescience.com. Use the coupon code BEN4 to apply a $4 off coupon. That is BEN, B-E-N, and the number four. International shipping is available. Okay, let's go back into this episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. Let's uh, transition a little bit into, let's stay on the mental uh, health side, but let's transition into how keto, being in ketosis, doing it the right way, can actually impact your, your thoughts and your mental health. How, how does that correlate, Evan? Sure. Well, I'd say the biggest way right off the bat is like when we think mental health, I should say when the average person thinks mental health and, you know, it's not their fault, we're, we're usually going immediately to like neurotransmitter imbalances. Generally, the average person walking down the street over 18, if I said, hey, have you heard of dopamine? They might not be able to explain it, but they're like, oh, I've heard the word. What about serotonin? Sure. And it does seem pretty clear that neurotransmitters at least sometimes are at least a part of the mental health journey. Um, certainly countless people have been helped sometimes by even the medications, um, definitely from like supplementing with 5-HTP, tryptophan, tyrosine. These are all things that lead to increased neurotransmitter production or availability. So there's gotta be something there. However, I think the inflammation is a huge part and the yeah. brain inflammation that happens because if your whole other rest of your body's inflamed, it's going to happen in the brain as well. Now, what does that have to do with keto? Well, we know that when you're in a true state of ketosis, like an actual nutritional state, your body is going to be so much less inflamed. Anytime we burn sugar for fuel, I'm not saying never eat a carb again, but it is inherently inflammatory. It does produce inflammation. And so people that are sick, especially, they need breaks from that, you know? And most people, it's so interesting how good they feel mentally once they fully get into a state of ketosis. I also think another advantage there, um, just to, again, kind of go back to the macronutrient things, is since your carbs are low, naturally your sugars are gonna be low. And you don't have these anxiety-provoked or blood sugar-provoked anxiety attacks or mood swings. So I think the two easiest and simple ways, and I don't know if you wanna add anything there, are just the reduced inflammation and the fact that we're not spiking our blood sugar all day long. No, it's well said, I agree. I call it the great land of ketosis uh, because you just, you just feel so good. I don't even have to test to know if I'm in ketosis. I know by the way I feel. And it's something you have to really experience and get in there and get into that deep nutritional ketosis that you're speaking about, Evan. So yeah, you nailed it right on the head because when you're eating carbohydrates and you're eating it every two to three hours, you're going to get this immediate dopamine hit and then all of a sudden you get the glucose response, the insulin response, and then it goes down and you, you need another dopamine hit. And then the other problem that occurs is then you develop dopamine resistance and uh, that's a problem in itself 
combine that with being on social media all day and you're getting these dopamine hits, it's like developing insulin resistance with your dopamine receptors in your brain uh, and in your body, not good. So what we want to do is reset that. And you could do that by doing a well-formulated ketogenic approach to Evan's point. So I love that. When did you start keto? And what percentage would you say are you in ketosis versus out of ketosis? Well, that's a great question. When I intentionally started it and when I unintentionally started it are a little different. I started intermittent fasting about four and a half years ago now. So about three and a half years into my health journey. Now, with how lean I am, how active I was, and you know, the fact that I really wasn't eating like high carb at the time, it's tough to but I wasn't tracking. It is tough to say how often I was getting in or out of this. I will say when I finally tried to start like, I mean, go for like a month with keto, which admittedly was only like December of 2020. I've done a lot of extended fasts. I've never sat there and said, Hey, I'm going to go keto for a month, though. It was effortless for my body to get into it. And so I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, Okay, well, that's not the experience that most people have. And I'm getting such high numbers right away. I feel good. I'm like, all right, where along the line through the intermittent fasting or the extended fasts did I hit this and just be able I have that metabolic flexibility now, you know, as we yep. typically reference. I don't know when I gained that back, to be honest, but I did at some point. And so I know, you know, I started doing that in December where I did a full month. Um, my girlfriend and I ended up doing all of January as well. I think I skipped like two days just to test to see what I could get away with. And it was a lot. She was very upset. I'll put it that way. <laughs> um, and, you know, nowadays what I'm doing is I am just keeping those carbs lower, but I'm not as like strict as I was in December and January. I also believe in like kind of a seasonal approach. And I think since I utilize light a lot, it's something I talk about in you know, the book on my social, all this type of stuff. I'm huge on light for mental health and health in general. I have found that if you are actually out in the sun and doing that consistently in the summer, um, not only do the studies back this up, but you'll just find naturally you, you can eat a lot more high carb. So intermittent fasting is always a part of my regimen. Occasional longer fasts are always a part of the regimen, but how many carbs I'm eating in a given day uh, is going to probably consistently change seasonally. Unless I ever got sick again, you know, knock on something, I'd probably go back into a deeper state of ketosis until I felt better. Yeah, I love the inconsistency there, which is important because our ancestors had a whole bunch of inconsistency with the, with ketosis. So it's good that you always change things up. That's that's the goal. Change things up. Keep the body guessing. Help force adaptation because that'll help. Good cells get stronger and bad cells don't adapt well. How many people have you interviewed on the FDN show so far? On the FDN Thrive podcast alone, I mean, we're at well over 30 now. Throughout the career, I mean, I'd love to add it up because it's got to be it has to be right around, if not a rate, a little over 100. So, and and also your radio show. Uh, if you combined it all, what would you say? How many that's people? what I'm, I'm adding that in. Oh, the that's other what you're saying. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So around 100 people. So the reason I ask because my question is, you've interviewed some really bright minds and brilliant people. What are maybe three commonalities? Because we have different topics, different experts: keto, fasting, paleo, vegan, autoimmune, mold. What are three commonalities that you see? Like just the theme repeats itself with all these brilliant people believe it or not well you'll believe this but just for the audience mindset food and i would call it light but the way i hear it referenced is circadian rhythm optimization so like sleep optimization if you will although i think it has i would call it light but i've heard that kind of generally spoken about even if the people aren't getting deep into the biohacking world of light and stuff so yeah mindset food light and circadian rhythm easy so those are general answers. They're great answers, but they're general. So I want you to now unpack each one with specific ways to apply it for the keto campers to do that today. Absolutely. That's more fun anyway. Um, <laughs> let's start with the mindset stuff, right? And I know Ben probably talks about this a lot, but you need to be conscious 
of the fact, even if there's obviously a spiritual side to this, or at least a spiritual belief, you can believe whatever you like. There is a practical side to the mindset work as well. I became a spiritual person after applying it just practically. I was totally not spiritual at all. I just saw, well, wait a second. If I'm putting positive stuff into my brain all day, and that's what's replaying over and over, that seems pretty practical that I'm going to start getting better results. Because think about what happens when you listen to songs. And I always say this speaking in schools because kids never think about this. What do we do when we're sad? We put on like the most miserable song we can think of. If it's like we're trip. into rock, yeah, if it's we're into rock, it's like angry and pissed off. Um, anything else is like, oh, this person cheated on me. And we play this on replay for two hours. We turn it off and then all day, what's going through? A heartbreak. You know, I'm so angry, whatever, like this matters. <laughs> and so it's really just being conscious of what you allow into your brain um, and what you don't allow into your brain. So it's taking away that bad and putting in that good. So you can start with any damn self-help or personal development book out there. What you need to do, though, is make a conscious practice that every single day I'm going to take the time, no matter how busy I am or especially how pissed off I am, I'm going to get in that state. There are so many times where I'm like irritated about something. And now it's, it's so much better nowadays, thankfully, but it happens. And I'm like, dude, I don't care how mad you are right now. I don't care how bad you want to sit on the pity potty, you know, go put on Les Brown, go put on Tony Robbins, someone yeah. like that. And it changes you. If not, you're just resisting, you know, you're just being, you're trying to be a pain in the butt. Those are some specifics for the mindset stuff, reading audios on YouTube. Um, they're all free. I mean, the books can be found for free. A lot of the times so they're $10 in Barnes and Noble, just start somewhere. Then number two with the food, I mean, obviously, I got a shout out for keto and stuff, right? But um, <laughs> I would say the specifics there again. And you can But what of, about like your favorite foods, your favorite specific keto foods or whatever? Sure. Oh, well, that's, I mean, kind of easy. I love dark chocolate, like dark, dark chocolate. I can eat the pure stuff. And you don't want to form a habit or addiction there because it's very easy to do that with chocolate, but um, they do release things that make us feel fantastic. You know, it has theobromine in it. It has DL-phenylalanine. Uh, These are things that actually, phenylalanine like tyrosine uh, down the line actually converts to dopamine. So as long as you're not creating a crazy habit out of it, which I totally have never done, never did that, um, then you can actually use that as a great food to kind of feel a good amount of energy and stay in keto. Um, and then anyone that knows me and loves me knows a pound of ground beef, man. I can, mm. I, I eat a pound at a time. It's nuts. I stayed on top of my blood work because I did it for almost a year straight <laughs> and my numbers were fantastic. So I don't want to hear it from anyone. Dude, totally. I'm with you. I'm with you on that, dude. It's funny because I'm having a, tomorrow I'm actually having a book launch party for my book, Keto Flex, which it'll be out by the time this interview's out. So I have like 30 people coming. It's a private event and I'm calling these like steakhouses here in, in Miami, like Brazilian steakhouses, Argentinian steakhouses. And I found this Brazilian steakhouse is just going to cater all this meat and like a charcuterie board. I know dairy, but mostly meat. So yeah, I love it. I do so well with meat, especially like red meat, ground beef. So go continue. I just I agree with what you said. No, it's all good. And you know what? People a lot of times are like, how the heck do you eat a pound of ground beef in a sitting? <laughs> now, I fully acknowledge no matter what you're doing. Do I think that's for everyone? No. But a lot of the people that I talk to, and I'm sure you do, they talk about these problems with digestion. I'm like, guys, really? Meat should be some of the easiest foods to digest. Correct. The, I heard uh, Dr. Darren Schmidt, wonderful guy that owns the Nutritional Healing Center of Ann Arbor, Michigan. And he talks about, guys, plants have these chemicals or oxalates or, or anti-nutrients to try to protect themselves. Meat's protection was running. It was the horns. It was whatever. So the only thing stopping you from digesting that properly now is being in a calm state while you're eating and some hydrochloric acid. I'm oversimplifying that. Anyone well-versed in the space knows that. But like seriously, what most of these people have is 
underdeveloped stomach acid, and that's why this is actually going on, you know? So you should be able to digest meat for sure. You know, the light stuff is probably still one of my favorite topics to talk about to this day. Even these glasses right here, if anyone's watching it and not just listening, you'll kind of notice there's a purple tint. Well, they block about 25% of the blue light, which is like a hugely stimulatory type of light that comes from technology, overhead lights or whatever. And then I always got, you know, nice. my red ones for the nighttime yeah. and stuff. Prescription, don't even ask how much money I spent on those things. But they're worth it. And they helped a lot. So I definitely, I know we're not having time to talk about that for an hour. But if you can only do a few things with the light, catch sunrise every day. Um, I've caught sunrise 99% of days for the last three and a half years. Oh, that's um, great. That's impressive. I don't, it works for me, man. There's, yeah. I know that that works. Yeah. I mean, there's science to back that up, but you can kind of feel it. I always say, ask people to give them 30 days. And then another thing that I do is I'm, I'm religious. If that sun is down, these are on. And that's another 99% of the time type of thing. Like, I don't right. care if it's five o'clock sunset in winter. That is what I do. And I've done that for the last few years. When you optimize the circadian rhythm like that, you feel amazing. And what you can do basically, if you have to work in an office or from home, as many of us do right now, if, if it's summer, go outside and do that. But also just take light breaks, you know, like literally just walk outside, get some light for five minutes, no glasses on, no contacts, and you'll be feeling really good. So those are some specifics with those things. If you're anything like me, you probably spend some money each month on your supplements. But what if you're still tired and you just don't feel 100% well? Well, there could be a deficiency. What if there was a way to know if you were actually absorbing your supplementation or not absorbing and maybe you're taking too much of something? Well, what I'm bringing you today is a chance to accurately test all of that. In this case, I'm talking about upgraded formulas, upgraded hair test kit and consultation and once you uncover these hidden deficiencies, you could get rid of these symptoms you might be experiencing that might be affecting your thyroid, adrenals, or much more. Upgraded Formulas is a very cool company. I interviewed Barton Scott, who is the founder and chemical engineer who helps craft all their supplements, and they have this really cool upgraded mineral deficiency analysis. So say goodbye to blood and urine tests, which typically indicate short-term results, Hair is the best identifier, and you could get that hair from your head, armpit area, or even pubic area, and you'll receive a consultation with a member of Upgraded Formulas to help discuss your results. And it's very simple. Collect your hair sample, send it in, and get your results fast. We've worked out an exclusive deal, KetoCamp podcast listeners, to receive 10% off your order. Head to UpgradedFormulas.com, use the coupon code BEN10, at checkout to get your hair mineral kit and any other supplements that you could find on their website. That is upgradedformulas.com. Use the coupon code BEN10. Okay, so those are the three things. Mindset, I love that you mentioned Les Brown, uh, Tony Robbins, and then you also mentioned like uh, Darren Hardy and some other great books in the beginning. I love those individuals. They also helped change my life. So mindset number one, I recommend personally with mindset, Instead of reading all of these different authors in different books, maybe find like two or three authors who have a proven track record and just go deep with them. For me, I've been guilty of reading very different authors who are all brilliant in their own right, but it really just left me like confused. So find three people and just stick to those three people, especially in the beginning. Number two was nutrition, grass-fed beef, of course, keto-friendly foods, dark chocolate. And then number three was the light. And I'm just like you, Evan. This is also a blue light blocking glasses or non-prescription. And then when the sun goes down, 
I put on the blue the blue light blocking glasses that are more orange, and then my girlfriend tells me I'm weird, and then, and then I uh, make sure the rest of my night is with those. So that helped set that circadian rhythm. So I love that you shared that, and I also get morning sunrise with my dog when I walk him every morning. So we have a lot of similarities with your top three methods there. Let's close the conversation with uh, the final topic here, which is this topic of autoimmune disease. There's about 100 autoimmune diseases out there that we know of, maybe an additional 40 that are associated with them. And then I'm sure there's a whole bunch that will become discovered over the years. You know, the thing about autoimmune disease is that it typically takes 10 to 15 to 20 years to diagnose it. So if you could just unpack a little bit about what autoimmune disease is, what are the common causes of it? And if somebody has autoimmune disease, are they going to be able to reverse it? Yeah, I mean, those are a lot of questions there. If I miss anything, let me know, but I'll unpack that. Basically, autoimmune for me, um, it's something that's really close to my heart. I watched my mom deal with Graves' disease for a lot of the time that I was a kid. And what you just hit on with the taking years for them to get diagnosed, it's spot on. I think hers was about six or seven years before. Wow. And when she's sick the whole time, guys. That's what you got to understand. These people are actively sick. And it still takes them a while to figure that out because people get told, oh, you just have anxiety or you just have depression or this, that, and the next thing. And uh, these people continue to suffer because of that. And then at 18, right when I was getting into my health stuff, because I, I wasn't quite there yet, I got diagnosed with Meniere's disease. Now, I believed that was going to be an autoimmune disease. It wasn't classified like that at the time. It is now. And what that is, is it basically eats uh, at the inner ear. So you get progressive hearing loss in one or both ears, um, incredibly debilitating vertigo and those types of things. So, yeah, I mean, there's what causes it is our modern lifestyle. <laughs> there's different bacteria and viruses that can be involved. I mean, sure, I don't believe for a second, one second, that four or 5,000 years ago, people were walking around with autoimmune conditions. No. I don't buy it. And so there's many different things that can happen to each individual person. Again, going back to the gluten thing, because it's really anyone that has autoimmunity ever, I say, you just need to accept that you probably don't want to be on this for the rest of your life. It wasn't helping you anyway, and it's certainly not helping this. A common way that that can occur, and this is, I would say, one of the more common ways autoimmunity is involved with food, is that gluten gets looked at at the body or by the body almost as like this foreign invader, especially when the gut's leaky. And so it starts attacking that. Now, most Americans and most of Western society, what do we do though? We eat cereal for breakfast, you know, a snack for lunch and pasta for dinner. And it's this constant attack. So what the body's saying now is, oh, this isn't working. We got to keep attacking. And it keeps going and going and going. And eventually what can happen to certain people is it can start attacking other foods that look similar, or at worst, it can start attacking organs. Um, and really common ones are the thyroid and brain. Dr. Tom O'Brien's got some fantastic information on that in literature. And so I saw that in my own autoimmune story. My mom saw that as well. Terrible gluten sensitivities. Just to be clear, I want to, what was the second question you asked? Because I know that you talked about like kind of how does it manifest? I know the final one was how do you, can it be reversed? But what was that middle one? You know, what exactly is it? What causes it? And then can you reverse it? Okay, thank you. Yeah, so autoimmunity, I, I love uh, this topic in general. I hate the actual things, but <laughs> I love yeah. it in general. Autoimmunity is more or less when your body's immune system is just attacking itself. And so that's what's even more interesting to me about autoimmunity. This does not mean your body is crazy or has gone haywire. It thinks it's doing the right thing. When it was attacking my inner ear, it thinks it's saving Ev. It's protecting Ev. When it's attacking gluten and possibly a thyroid organ like my mom's because of that, it thinks it's saving her life. This is a foreign invader. We need to sacrifice this right now because we're saving our life. That's not the case, though. So autoimmunity is literally just when your body's attacking itself to the point that it ends up destroying 
parts of the organ, significant parts of the organ, and that's when the person feels the symptom. Now, certainly there's been a lot of talk about the autoimmune spectrum, and what that means is there, there's typically uh, correlations between a lot of symptoms people have long before autoimmunity, such as skin issues, such as gut issues, all this stuff. And it's not diagnosed autoimmunity, but we see this happen a lot in the preceding years before the diagnosis, uh, before the main symptoms. But literally, when you get a symptom from autoimmunity, what is more or less happening is that your organ has been so damaged that something went wrong. Graves disease, for example, it's the autoimmune disease of the thyroid that's not Hashimoto's, because <laughs> everyone knows Hashimoto's. And so it's attacked too much. Now my mom feels a symptom. Yeah. Can this be reversed? Well, this is not medical advice. This is just my opinion. I will say this. For me, because every autoimmune disease is a little different, they might have different triggers. Those that have ever even heard of Meniere's disease know that these people do not want to be eating salt. I can only have about three to 400 milligrams per meal, spaced out several hours each day, and I'd be fine. Otherwise, I had a debilitating vertigo attack, and I'd get that ringing in my ears. Now, like right now, today, I could go out and eat 2,000 milligrams of salt, whether it's processed, not that I'd want to do that, but it could be that crappy salt from the store, or it could be Himalayan sea salt. And I don't get vertigo anymore. And I don't get that ringing in my ears. And most importantly, I do not have the hearing loss that they said I was going to get. And I'm not on the medication for the last six years, even though they said I need to be on that medication for the rest of my life, probably needing surgery one day. So I'm not claiming anything. This is my story. That's what happened to me. And I'm not the only one that that's ever happened to. That's for sure. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. Perfect example of the body's capability to heal. I, I know people, I have colleagues who've had Hashimoto's for 20 years and their doctor says you need to take this medication for the rest of your life. They've gotten off the medication and reversed their Hashimoto's, right? So it, it can be done. This is not medical advice, but as long as you remove the interference, the body will begin to heal. So that's what it's all about. That's what this conversation was all about, identifying interference, removing interference, and letting that body heal. So Ev, this has been such an awesome conversation. Where do you want the keto campers to go check you out? Um, there's really two things that are even offered. I actually, my main job nowadays is speaking in schools, and I talk about mental health issues. I touch on it lightly um, with the natural side of things, but really the goal is to get kids to ask for help if they've never done that. We've had a lot of success online, so I'm happy that this is still working. And then, of course, I do speak as like an educator to different places, conferences or whatever, um, on more, hey, natural side of things for mental health. Um, so that's just Evan Transu, T-R-A-N-S-U-E.com. And then for health coaching itself, although I do offer it, um, I got to shout out FDN and I work for their program there and I do the podcast over there. They can help you so much better because they got such a wide array of practitioners. Um, I can only do a couple things a month. You know, they can do a lot more than that, I'll put it that way. So the website for that is fdnthrive.com. And you just click the get started here button, we'll get you hooked up with someone at one point or another, you're going to end up talking to me on the phone too. So I'd be happy to talk to you. Awesome. We'll put both of those links and all, all of your social media in the podcast notes down below. Thank you, Evan, for coming on the show and sharing your story, speaking about this very important topic of mental health. I love that you're going out there to the schools and educating the children who need this message more than ever. And you're a great podcast host and you're also a great podcast guest. So I appreciate you coming on the show, man. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. See ya. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Evan. Check out the notes and the resources down below. Go give Evan a follow. Go check out his podcast. Go check out all the things he's doing. 
We'll drop links and resources down below for you. If you have not left the show a rating or a review yet on Apple Podcasts, please leave the Keto Camp Podcast that rating and review. Text this to a friend, maybe somebody dealing with mental health issues. And please go get my new book, ketoflexbook.com. If you want to learn how to master keto and fasting for long-term results, you can get that over at ketoflexbook.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.